Thank you for listening to the CEO-ish podcast with me, Taylor Graham. And me, Chloe Willemson. Welcome back to CEO-ish Podcast. We are still Taylor and Chloe. Welcome back, everybody. You are in for an exciting episode this week because after almost an entire year of podcasting, I have convinced Chloe to take the mic and do a solo episode. That's right. I feel like I have finally got my footing on the ground a little bit with my own creative journey, and I just wanted to share my experience with you guys, give you some tips, tell you what I've learned, what regrets I have. All of that fun stuff. She also doesn't have a choice straight up. We are so busy. I am on fire and I don't have Mm. anything in me. So she has to do a solo this week. (laughs) Yes. And you guys know, like, I'm usually the more quiet one. So I'm about to talk a lot. So buckle up. I generally feel like my personality, if you've met Chloe and I in person, you know that we are the introvert and the extrovert. So my personality is definitely more dominating in terms of social situations But dude, can you believe we've already been podcasting for almost an entire year? Like we only have two weeks until we hit that one year mark. It's crazy. Like on one hand, it feels like we've been doing this for two months. And then on the other hand, it feels like it's been like five years. So it's a very weird feeling, I guess. When things go smoothly and we have really good interviews like we did with Margie last week. Like that was such a fantastic Mm -hmm. interview. Oh my gosh. She is awesome. I feel on top of the world. Like I've been doing this forever and like I really am a pro. And then we have a technical difficulty happen. And then I'm like, have I been doing this for a day? Like what is going on? Yep. Every time one of our mics takes a shit, I'm like, oh my God. We're happy to announce that Orange Juice Gate, if you know, you know, did not do anything to Chloe's microphone. So that that's yes. good news. Yes. I got so lucky. None of my tech was destroyed. That was just <laughs> If so you haven't scary, listened yeah. to our episode, catching you up on the All series good. of L's that we <laughs> took. I think there were two episodes that were spanned across multiple L's. One of them was dedicated to my L's. One of them was dedicated to Chloe's L's. Go catch up on those. I'll link them in the show notes. They're pretty funny. Yeah. Aquarius season has not been very nice to us so far, and I feel personally attacked by that as an Aquarius. As a Cancer, I always feel attacked by <laughs> Aquarius season. Me and air energy is just pure chaos. Yeah. Yep, but that's, that's what we do. <laughs> at the same time, I also have absolutely no air or earth elements in my chart. I lied. My Libra Mars is hanging on for its dear life with the rest of my water and fire placements. But it's all Cancer and it's all Aries. Like, there's no calm. Yeah, I've got two Aquarius, so I'm just like... I thought you had more Aquarius placements than that. I mean, okay, in my, like, in my big three, two of the three in are your Aquarius. Three, okay. Throughout my entire chart, I think I have Aquarius probably like six plus times. I'm like, I'm an Aquarius you, no, you have a lot to the T. <laughs> you have a lot of Aquarius, but I also think that's why you and I work so well too, because even like you, we always talk about how we balance each other out in business. But if you look at our birth charts, we balance each other out in our birth charts yes. too. Cause I am all water and fire and you are pretty much all air and earth because Virgo, you have a Virgo moon. I'm pretty sure they're an earth sign too. So you, we have very complimentary like balancing mm-hmm. elements. So I think with like Aquarians and Cancers, I think it's either you love each other or you or hate, you each, hate other. each other. And yeah. yeah. Anywho, do you want to lead us into our catch-ups? Sure. So first of all, I updated my website and I don't (laughs) hate it as much anymore. I still hate it, just a little bit less now. So 
Go check that out. It at least has like my services on it now. I really neglected my website for a while. I was just about to say (laughs) you are really finding your footing as a designer and figuring out what people need from you in terms of like those Mm one-off services and stuff. Dude, you should tell the listeners about some of the calls that you have had because Chloe is officially getting outreach to by people that aren't me, you guys. It's fantastic. We're so proud of her. (laughs) But I'll be honest, like I just, I just had my heart broken by it. Not really. I just got rejected for a job that I wanted. And so I feel like this isn't the best time for me to be doing this episode, but I'm going to do it anyway. No, actually, I feel like that it makes it even more the perfect time to do this episode because this happens to all of us and this isn't talked about enough. But dude, I send out more proposals and rejections for people that aren't a good fit than I do for acceptances mm-hmm. and things like that. Like there are a lot of client applications that will come through that I will not, I will tell people I am not the right fit for your brand. Mm. I don't work on this type of clientele, etc. And I think it's very important to be able to say that to people because if you can't handle their projects, it will deter your results. And nobody wants a bad testimonial, but that's not Chloe's situation here. Like this was definitely just a heartbreaking situation where she just went with somebody else and that that is what it is. But I think it's good that you're in these scenarios and having these calls because it's it's getting your name out there. People know who mm-hmm. you are as a designer. People are aware of your existence. And maybe you didn't get this project, but maybe she'll come back to you in six months down the line. Maybe the next designer won't work out or she'll get too busy if she needs more help or she'll be able to refer you to somebody, etc. There's just so many ways yeah. this goes well for you, you know, especially if you're tactful and you manage your client relations well. Definitely. And yeah, it's kind of on that note, I feel like it is a good time for me to do this because the people that I want to notice me on the internet are noticing me now, which is great. Like, I feel like Proud I'm at you. least networking with the right crowd. Like I, We're I reaching see people, the right people, you know? Yeah. Like I'm like looking at the people that are like one or two tiers above me and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to get on their tier? And then from there, you know, so I feel like I'm doing all the right things and I'm at least not digging into my savings account. So time for advice then. <laughs> okay. Tell me though, it is not one of the best feelings as an entrepreneur when somebody you look up to, like you consider them a mentor to you, you've learned so much from their content or you just really love their style and you wake up to the Instagram notification that they followed you back and you're like, oh my God, me, yeah. little me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so hard. I was thinking the other day, I was like, I need to just delete Instagram and TikTok. I spend way too much time on social media. And then I'm like, that is my only form of marketing for myself. Like I can't just delete it. So healthy balance, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And actually that's great. This actually segments me into what I want to start talking about. But um, in quarter two, the podcast guest lineup, you guys, is Chef's Kiss and how this ties into what Chloe just said is we booked an episode and we have it coming up, um, an episode with a social media agency owner. And she is going to come on and talk about how to set healthy social media boundaries when you have made an entire career out of social media. And it is quite literally your job to be on it and show up and to be present. So I'm very, very excited about that episode. But even just in general, the podcast guest lineup, you guys, it is so good. The manifestations that have been coming out of everything that Chloe and I have been working so hard for, like, because again, we're big on manifesting, but we're even bigger on doing the work to actually make your Mm -hmm. manifestations come true. Because Chloe and I don't just just sit here and say, you guys, this is going to happen for us and then just wait for it to actually happen. Like, no, we are out here. We are networking with the right people. We're trying to get our podcast in front of the right people. We are trying to network with the right guests that we want to have on this type of show, the right creators. 
and all of the people that we have either wanted to have on the show for the last like six months to a year or thought we wouldn't have a chance to have on the show for at least another few years are either saying yes to our pitches or directly emailing us at this point. And that's just a really, really cool feeling. It is. It's super awesome. But then more from me, just as Chloe said earlier, projects on projects. We Mm -hmm. have a ton of onboarding this month. I think we've had like three or four clients go through the onboarding process. I feel like I never learned my lesson with this. And like on a cyclical three-month basis, I'm telling you guys about how I've been doing too much onboarding and that I'm burning (laughs) myself into the ground. We are at that point again. Hello. Hi, it's me. I never learned my lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But besides that, I feel really good and really stable about where we're at in business, which is surprisingly something I feel like I haven't felt in a long time. And I know that sounds weird coming from me because I feel like on the internet, I present myself as a very stable person. But I've talked about this with you in my personal Mm -hmm. life too. I always feel like come tax time when I have to pay like my quarterly taxes, that is when shit hits the fan. Like a client doesn't pay an invoice or they pay an invoice late or a contractor decides that they're no longer going to do their job or I have to hire somebody to get last minute help on a project or just – I or actually physically having to pay the taxes because that's always a hit to the Mm -hmm. bank account. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I just at at a point where I feel really stable about where we're at for the next like quarter. And that makes me feel really, really good. That is awesome. But on to more exciting updates, you guys. If I could give a literal drum roll, I would. Got you. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I don't even know if they could hear that, but I hope they heard the subtle banging. Um, I am going to fucking... Milan, Italy for Italian Fashion Week, which if you know me, I am internally and externally screaming, not from the Fashion Week standpoint, because honestly, I'm going to be completely honest, a fashionista, I am not, um, but this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that I just simply cannot pass up, Uh, but Italy is a bucket list trip for me. It has been number one on my bucket list for like my entire life Mm -hmm. as long as I can remember. That's not an exaggeration. So the fact that I have the chance to go, the opportunity to go, it is a dumb, cheap trip for me. Like it should not be as affordable as it is. It would not normally be as affordable as it is. My friend has her boyfriend out there and we are able to stay with him. So lodging is a X factor for this, which is just such a freaking blessing um and my the flight deal I got you guys some some people may hate me but my cheap or my ticket to Italy was as cheap as a ticket to Florida at the current oh my gosh which either either Italy is dumb cheap or Florida is dumb expensive can't figure that out quite yet now that I'm hearing all of this I'm rethinking not going (laughs) dude I'm gonna be straight up with you my ticket was like 650 bucks that's not bad and then not for Italy no that is not bad. No. And I'm, I also don't know. So I'm making a day trip to Rome, which I will talk about in a second. I'm very excited about that. We will be staying in Milan most of the time. But I believe the second week, because I am there for two weeks, I'm not going to – I may have given the dates that I went out or I'm going on social media already. But well, I'm going to save, like, all of my day-to-day breakdowns and stuff for, like, Probably after smart. I've left for, sa- for safety mm-hmm. reasons and stuff. And I'm never going to give, like, time-by-time breakdowns. But we're going to be yes. in Milan for most of the time. And then I am making a solo trip to Rome. And then I believe Liana and I talked about possibly hopping over to Paris or pop- possibly hopping over to Amsterdam during that Ooh. second week. Not sure how it's going to work out or play. We haven't quite – 
booked that yet. If you guys couldn't tell, Liana and I actually make travel plans very last minute. Um, it makes me both nervous and exhilarated. It's, it's a ride. <laughs> but so yeah, the biggest trip of my life. I can't exactly give you full details on yet because I truly just don't know. Mm-hmm. Damn. Oh, and Liana also wants to go to Lake Como at some point. Oh, I think Lake that's... Como is going to be freezing. Yeah, I went to Lake Como during the summer and that was freaking beautiful. Oh my God. I I, I'd be interested to see what it's like in the winter, but it's it's frozen. very high on Liana's bucket list, so we'll probably ma- adventure over there, and then we're definitely going to adventure to Cinque Terre because er, that is like top on my list, as mm-hmm. you know. But I will say I am a little bummed. It is the off season, so I think a few of the things that I really wanted to do in Cinque Terre are going to be open, but I'm not going to let it deter me from not going entirely because I probably will also make at some point a separate trip over there just so I could see it in the summer mm-hmm. and it's full beauty and glory and color but I'm just so excited so yeah um to be determined on where I end up actually during the second week at and during the second leg of this trip but yeah I'll be gone for two weeks Mm, I'm getting FOMO I need to think about this (laughs) you should come you should I should shouldn't I (laughs) I might hmm you should. <laughs> I'll do a little research. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. Stay tuned for when I show up in Italy. The <laughs> Chloe has purchased a last minute train t- or not train ticket, flight ticket to Italy yeah. to come with us. Italy uh, but is for my solo beautiful. trip to Rome, let's dive into this because I'm very excited. I will be adventuring from Milan to Rome at like an absurdly mm-hmm. early hour of the morning. I'm getting a cappuccino immediately. No Period. exceptions period. Um, I will also be going to the Trevi Fountain and I have a tour booked at the Roman Forum and Colosseum. I also have a tour at the Vatican and the Sistine Chapel, which is conflicting for me as somebody who has experienced Catholic church trauma growing up. Thank you, Catholic school. But I'm just so excited to see places that I grew up learning about like very heavily mm-hmm. because of like my Catholic faith and things like that or my former Catholic faith I should say. I'm planning on eating my body weight in carbonara, cacio e pepe and gelato because if you guys don't know carbonara and cacio e pepe are the two dishes that Rome is known for. Um, Italian food is like very regional there so like I know Cinque Terre is like they're known for pesto um, and there's different like parts etc so I'm very excited to like regionally eat all of the favorite pastas and stuff and I'm also excited to see if I come back as sick of Italian food as I still am of Hispanic food right now I still cannot eat a taco you guys like I can't smell it I can't look at it I do not want cilantro or onion it's just I can't right now (laughs) I can't really I back to my cilantro and onion is like top tier honestly so I it is you were only there for a week I was only there for a week I will say though when I went to Italy I was there for like two weeks and I came back and just continued eating cheese and bread all the time I was not sick of it at all literal (laughs) diet though I expect nothing less love cheese love cheese love cheese but yeah, and then I will be hopping back on the train from Rome back to Milan. So it's going to be a very long travel day. I'm probably going to be exhausted. Good luck to me navigating the Italian train system by myself. If you guys could see me holding up like the peace sign with my tongue sticking out right now, that's literally me. I'll figure it out. I'll be fine. It's fine. You'll my mom fine. is having an absolute heart attack over the fact that I'm going alone, but I keep insisting her. I'm going to be fine. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. And I feel like... Actually, I'm not even going to say that because I was, I was going to say, I feel like it's probably one of the safer places to do that, but I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, okay. So the one thing that I do know that I've been 
consistently warned about and I've read about countless times is just the pickpocketing. But that's anywhere. Like that's, that's that's anywhere that's a known problem in europe i i would be warned about that if i was going to paris as well mm-hmm. i know that is a big problem there like it's just and i have the right coats like my everything will be on my inside pockets they're deep i will not be carrying the world's biggest purse that's easily like grabbable mm-hmm. by the way what is your stance because i know a lot of girls wear these for fashion but they've always made me nervous the cute backpacks that people use instead of purses what's your take on that when traveling because i always feel like that would be so easy to just like pop someone's bag, grab something and just walk on, especially if you were like in a busy subway station or train station, et cetera. Like, what is your opinion on that? So I have a little backpack that I use, but yeah, I wouldn't, like if I was going into an area and I was like, okay, I know I need to be wary of pickpockets. I would not bring this backpack because it doesn't even zip. It just like has a little magnet that holds it shut and then like a drawstring. So yeah, personally, I wouldn't use mine, but I mean, you're going to be in Europe, so you should just jump on the fanny pack across the chest trend. <laughs> I really want to. I don't know if I have the fanny pack for it. And I also like as much as this is like the dream trip and it's fashion week and I probably should spend the money. I just don't want to drop a thousand dollars on a new wardrobe. I don't even mm-hmm. want to drop a few hundred on a new wardrobe just for this trip. Like I that's my main enjoy it. about this trip is I'm like, I have zero clothes I could wear to Milan fashion week and not get booed out of the place immediately I okay I'm gonna be straight up like I know I could probably dm some brands offer to do social content etc because I do offer like those kinds of services etc do it um and I am connected I I should but I also like I'm okay just enjoying it too and not necessarily working. I also don't even know like if we have tickets to specific shows yet. Like we're just flying yeah. by the seat of our pants. I'm excited to just be in the culture and just be like everyone we're walking around is just going to be highly fashionable. And I'm excited to just absorb that even if I don't end up at a show, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we will. Liana has dumb luck like she has luck that I will never have in my life life just works out for her she has an essence about her that just people want to do things for her and I love that about her and I love traveling with her Mm -hmm. for it but it could never be me like I just I don't get it she just does it you know yeah so will we probably end up at a show based off of Liana's essence yes absolutely but right now nothing is planned fair enough love that (laughs) all right should we get into our products of the week Yes. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Um, I can go first. So y'all know I went to Costco last week and one of the (laughs) things that I got was Tattooed Chef Frozen Acai Bowls. Those are great. They are so great. Oh my gosh. I've I've never had an acai bowl before, so I didn't really know what to expect, but they're phenomenal. They're amazing. 10 out of 10. Recommend. Yeah. They make really good smoothie bowls. Don't they come with like the little granola toppings and coconut and all that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Super good. Delicious. Perfect for on the go especially like if you are a solo person or you're just two people the box of that will last you a while yeah yeah it's six of them and I have one left and I'm just holding on to it for dear life but they're really (laughs) perfect too because like I'm not like it's 10 30 a.m right now and I haven't eaten anything yet and I'm not hungry yet but after this call I'm gonna force myself to eat that and it's like just light enough that even when I'm not hungry I can eat it I don't know like I know a lot of people wake up and don't feel hungry, so this is a I'm great, one of those yeah, people. This is a great thing if you like, because you should eat something. So this is a great thing to force yourself to eat because it's not like super heavy or like gonna upset your stomach or anything. So, ten out of ten. 
I definitely find it easier to like drink a smoothie mm-hmm. than I do eating actual yeah. food, like forcing myself to consume food when I feel just like I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. And I also like to intuitively eat. Like I'm not going to force myself to eat if I'm genuinely not hungry first thing when I wake up. Obviously, I'm not going to not force myself or I'm going to force myself to eat if it's five o'clock and I haven't eaten anything all day because sometimes with my ADHD, that does happen to me. And uh, especially if I'm super stressed out, I'll just like literally forget I'm hungry. And I know that doesn't make sense to people who don't have it, but it literally does happen with ADHD. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm with you on that. It's so much easier to drink slash eat a smoothie or like a smoothie bowl than it is to eat actual Mm -hmm. food. Definitely. Um. My product of the week, so shocker, we've we've had a good month in business. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of all of the work that we have accomplished. And I treated myself to a new lip gloss because of it at Sephora. Um, you guys know I absolutely love the Fenty Beauty uh, gloss bombs. I think that's what they're called, her, all of her lip glosses. And she's got a few lines of them. Like there's mm-hmm. the original gloss bombs, the creams, and then the heat. She came out with a new shade of her heat lip glosses, which are the plumping ones. But the lemon lava shade, I was dying when this came out because it's literally like a sparkly gold clear gloss Mm -hmm. and I love that look my favorite gloss out of all of her gloss bombs is the diamond milk which is that really shimmery like Cinderella slipper clear gloss it's it's not her straight clear gloss it's the one with a ton of shimmer in it absolutely love it it is my favorite like that girl glowy gloss Mm -hmm. like I'm just gonna wear that one So when I saw this one and it was more gold, I was like, that's it. That is the gloss I have been waiting for my entire life. But it was plumping. And I have some plumping gloss trauma, you guys, because when I was 13, I was, oh, I've always been a diehard gloss and cosmetic person and Mac cosmetics at the ages of 13 through like 16, the chokehold that brand had (laughs) on my wallet with all of my allowance money, all of my my first job money, how my birthday money, my Christmas, how I hoarded money as a child, okay? The, the chokehold that brand had on me. My grandma, my sweet grandma. Well, actually, this was my fault. So I asked for their, and I specifically remember it was the Posh It Up lip gloss, and it was from their plumping line. Holy shit, at the age of 13, I did not realize that was a plumping lip gloss. And to this day, I think the MAC Cosmetics version is the spiciest formula of gloss bomb or like lip gloss mm-hmm. plumper that I've ever tried. And I've tried the Buxom ones. The only one I haven't tried that I know is like super lip plumping, like super spicy is that Too Faced lip injection. Can't bring myself to do it due to the trauma of the oh, MAC Cosmetics one. I used to love that one. one. I had literal burn marks like on the outside <laughs> of my lips from how spicy my lips felt at the age of like 13 so I've been traumatized by spicy lip glosses and plumping lip glosses since then this is the first gloss that I've tried and I'm happy to report that the Fenty ones are very mild spice like you feel it tingle a little bit but it's more cooling than it is painful so do with that what you will I absolutely love the lemon lava shade if you are more olive toned or darker skin tone you need it like for the summer it's going to be the go-to gloss for me. Beautiful. Fenty. Uh, this is Rihanna, right? Yes. Which, by okay. the way, her and ASAP Rocky are I know, having I was going to say, she's like fully pregnant. <laughs> Can we talk about how genetically blessed oh that my child gosh. is going to be? Rihanna's killer looks, ASAP's teeth and bone structure. Are you kidding me? 
Yeah, that baby is going to have a modeling contract as soon as they're born. <laughs> it, it's already, it's in the womb and it's got a contract. Yeah. I'm telling yes. you that. Like, It's going to be uh, a cute ass baby. I'm so excited for them. I love how low key their relationship is. And I love that they just give the audience, or not audience, like their fans tastes of them. But it's still private. Like, I respect the hell out of celebrity couples that are able to keep that level of intimacy and privacy in their relationships, especially at Rihanna's status. Oh, definitely. So, congratulations to them. I don't know if they're ever going to hear this podcast, but if they do, we are so excited <laughs> for Rihanna, you guys. if you're listening, do you want to come on be a guest? <laughs> yes. Rihanna, if you are listening, I would sell my soul and my firstborn child's name, like, to you to interview on this podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Taylor would have a child just to sell it to Rihanna. <laughs> yes, I would. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Okay, moving into our small business shout out this week because I am so excited to shout out this business. So today's small business shout out is a small business we are so excited to be supporting, and that is Rising Hope Bakery. I do want to be 110 pen- 10% transparent with you guys and let you guys know that this is the local client I was telling you guys about meeting with in last week's episode. And they make the best homemade cookies on a mission baked with love and purpose. Rising Hope Bakery is supported by two state-of-the-art commercial kitchens where women receive professional culinary arts training, complete apprenticeships, and secure employment. The bakery creates delicious gourmet cookies that help fund on-site employment opportunities for women facing extreme poverty. I got to meet the founders of this brand. I went to the facility. I met the women making these cookies. I tasted the cookies and they would be the most amazing Valentine's Day present or a present for any occasion. I am 100% switching all of my client gifts over to these and not even just because they are a client of ours. I was planning on doing this after meeting with them, even if they did not sign the contract because you truly feel good about the purchase you are making. They sell cookies so they can employ women and fight poverty like that that is it and it also helps that the cookies taste amazing they are so thick and so chunky I absolutely love them you have to check out their flavors if I can plug my specific favorite it is the oatmeal and fruit one they put all of the fruits in one the cranberries the raisins the blueberries the strawberries it's all in one it is Mm. so good and if you love a really good cinnamon oatmeal cookie the best so oh my gosh I can't wait to try that one I know. I know. You can learn more about their story and their mission and shop all of their amazing cookies at www.risinghopebakery.com slash shop. That's www.risinghopebakery.com slash S-H-O-P. And I will also have that linked in the show notes for you guys. Chloe, thank you for helping me because I simply (laughs) cannot sometimes. I don't know why the small business shout outs, my brain just like stops working. But here we are. It's all right. Here we are. And without further ado, we are ready to hear from Chloe Solo. Yeah, here I go. Right, guys, welcome to my first ever solo episode. We are about a year into podcasting, so I'd say it's about time. I am joined today by my beautiful and wonderful assistant, Frida, aka my cat. I will do my best to keep her quiet, but again, she is a cat and she doesn't really care what I want, so you might need to hear her every now and then. But let's get into it. I'm going to start this off by giving you guys a little bit about my creative background and explain how that brought me to where I am today. 
I've already shared my story a bit before in our first episode. If you haven't listened to that yet, go check it out to learn more about Taylor and myself. But for the sake of not boring the people who have already heard my journey, I'll just give a quick overview instead of a deep dive into it. Basically, like most creatives, I've been a lover of all things art my entire life. Art class was by far my favorite throughout all of my years in public school, and I really need to give credit to my elementary art teacher, Mrs. Novak. She was the best and got me so into art. I really loved her class. Every year that I had her, I absolutely loved it. Clearly, my creativity was definitely sparked by some adults in my early life, and I really just kind of took off from there. I don't know if any of you guys remember those kids' projector drawing tables where you would trace the outline of a shape or an animal, but I was obsessed with those as a kid, and also those spirograph toys where you would put the pen in the hole and trace it around a circle and make like a spiral donut type of thing, but those two toys were like my first memory of really just loving art. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but the point is I have always loved to tap into my creative side. But for the longest time, I never really looked at it as anything other than a hobby. When I was still planning on becoming a teacher, I dreamed of spending my summers making art, but I didn't really think of it as a way of actually making money. I just thought of more of a hobby. And I got to say, that's mostly because of the way it was presented to me. I have been hearing the phrase starving artist since I was a kid. And I truly believed for a really long time that unless you were some sort of a prodigy, you wouldn't be able to make a career of your art. Even adults in my life would say things like, oh my God, you're so good at painting, but they wouldn't follow that up with asking if I wanted to pursue it. They were just like, you're good at painting, but what are you going to go to college for? And that's no shade to them, especially back before social media really took off. It was really risky and hard to make art your full-time career. So I can't blame them for that. So since I wasn't even considering getting an art degree, but I still felt like I had to go to college because it really was pushed on me. I found myself at the local community college by Western Michigan University called Kalamazoo Valley Community College. That's a mouthful, so I'm going to call it KVCC for short. Again, I've already shared this story, but basically I was initially planning on going to Western, but because I was still undecided on a major and also paying my own way, I decided at the last minute to go to the community college instead and still live with Western students, aka the story of how I met Taylor. But basically... I wanted to get out of my hometown and still have that college experience for a fraction of the price. And honestly, this is something that I would really recommend to somebody who is in a similar position as I was. You don't necessarily need to start at a four-year university, and you don't necessarily need to live with mom and dad to go to a community college. You can go to any community college and live with any roommate or alone for that matter. And on that note, you don't necessarily even need to go to any college because I'm not even using my associate's degree. So that was kind of a waste anyway. But anyway, (laughs) there were some classes I took at KBCC where my professor would then go right after that class would go to Western Michigan University and teach the same class for like three times the price. So yeah, overall, there is no shame in not going to a university right away or taking some classes at the community college. Honestly, I am really thankful for the fact that I did not put myself into thousands and thousands of dollars worth of debt just to please the people around me. Because really, if I had taken out those loans and gone to Western right away, it really wouldn't have been for myself. It would have been for the people around me. So I'm glad that I didn't do that at the time. But anyway, while I was at KVCC, I decided I was going to get an associate of arts while taking mostly teaching classes and then transfer as much of those classes as I could to Western to get my special ed teaching degree. And all of this was going as planned up until a few months before graduation. So I was doing a whole lot of thinking and I still wasn't really sold on teaching. 
So I figured, you know, I'll get my associates and then I'll take the next year off to figure out what I really want to do. So I graduated and during that year off, COVID hit. Suddenly, I found myself doing yoga and painting on the daily. Don't get me wrong, there is so much that I hate about COVID, but I really enjoyed myself during that big lockdown of summer 2020. I remember thinking to myself, yeah, no, I'm not going to go back to college. This is not what I want to do. And actually, painting and yoga and just being creative is really what I want to do with my life. And if I don't at least give it a try, I'm going to regret it. So I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. So with that, I made an art Instagram account and I built a website and nothing. (laughs) I guess not nothing, but definitely not anything close to being able to support myself off of my art. Some people would buy my stuff here and there, but it really wasn't taking off at all. And I think there was two main reasons for that. One, I didn't have a niche and guys, you need a niche. And two, I didn't know how to market myself. And again, guys, you need to know how to market yourself. So at that point, I just thought, okay, cool. Well, I'm just going to start doing everything creative that I love and kind of see what takes off from there. So I started painting murals. I started podcasting. I started doing graphics for our Instagram and I shared it all online. And that kind of brings us to where we are today and what I'm currently doing. Most of my work right now is freelance graphic design work, and then I do a few murals here and there. The podcast is still growing, and we've already talked about wanting to monetize it at some point, but we aren't there quite yet. So for now, the podcast is more of a hobby that we treat as a job, and it is a really, really great networking tool. So I'm going to start getting into tips for getting started if you want to turn your creative passion into a business. But really, that would be my first tip. If there are many similar things that you would be okay with having as a career, Start posting them all and follow what takes off. And I say similar because you don't want your Instagram page to be too chaotic and without a niche. Again, you need a niche. It's important. I would also recommend starting where you're comfortable with social media and slowly pushing your boundaries with your comfortability. For me, it was scary enough just posting a picture of my paintings online when I first got started, much less an Instagram reel or a story because I am not a fan of being in front of the camera. And guys, when I started my Instagram art page, that was the first time ever that I was using social media outside of keeping up with friends and family. So I started posting pictures of my art and my paintings and slowly pushing myself to do more reels and stories from there. I'll be honest, I still go in waves with my stories and reels, but I feel like people at least see me more and hear from me more and they at least get a gist of who I am as a person. And you know, progress is progress, okay? And something else that is super important is networking, which if you're an introvert like me, You'd rather not. But alas, it really is all about who you know and who you've made quality connections with. Even if it's not someone who will hire you, they might bring up your name six months from now to someone who will. But how can we network if we hate talking to strangers? I'm going to be honest with you guys here and just say you need to get over it. At some point around when we started the podcast, I just felt like, you know, I'm not going to let my shyness hold me back anymore. So I just kept pushing myself and pushing myself out of my comfort zone until eventually my comfort zone just got a whole lot bigger. It comes with practice, but my favorite way to connect with people who probably have no idea who I am is to just do those quick reacts to their stories for a while, every now and then, not too annoying. But then when they reply something like, thanks, Chloe, or they follow me back or start reacting to my stories, I take that as a green light to unleash phase two of my networking plan on them, which is to then just DM them and say, hey, I'm Chloe. I like your content. Let's connect. And 10 out of 10 times it works. And I know this is like a really basic thing for most people, but I know there's an introvert out there somewhere who is letting networking hold them back. And I'm here to tell you, it is not that scary. Don't let this be what stops you. Something else that is super important is a portfolio. How else are your potential clients or customers going to know what you're even capable of? 
If you're offering graphic design services like myself, I would recommend sharing a variety of designs so people can see that you have a range and can't only do one thing. And if you don't have a whole lot of experience to put in your portfolio, there is no shame in doing mock-ups or dream brand type of things until you have more actual clients to work with to fill up your portfolio with. Something else that is really important is investing in your education. And with my lack of a degree, I'm sure it goes without saying that I don't necessarily mean college, though that can be a great asset to your business. It should become a habit to watch tutorials, to learn new tricks, join webinars, take classes, read books, and listen to podcasts pertaining to your business. These are all great ways to learn some new tricks for your business. And my next piece of advice has to do with actually finding your clients. There are many ways to go about this, and a big one is to do outreach, which I'm going to be honest, I would personally rather die. I've done my fair share of outreach, but I've had my most success with word of mouth, actually, which is no surprise if you've listened to episode number nine with Taylor Grewey, where she straight up told me that would be the best way for me to succeed. Understanding your human design should help you find clients. So go listen to that episode after this if you haven't already, but we've plugged this episode so many times already because it's so good. So I'm sure you already have. Something else you'll need to remember on your journey is to keep your head up because let's face it, you are going to be rejected. At some point during your career, you will talk to someone and think it went super well. And unfortunately, it will go even better with somebody else. Like I've already said in our intro, this happened to me literally last week, but it's important not to take this too personally. Just because they don't hire you right then and there doesn't mean they never will or that they'll never pass your name on to someone else who will. And again, it's all about networking and making the right connections. And my last piece of advice that I will leave with you guys today is this. Just start. All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, we love you so much. Be sure you are following us over on Instagram at CEOish Podcast. We always post polls and episode updates and info about our guests over there. It's a great time. You should definitely check it out. And you should follow us on our personals, of course, at chloew.art and at taygrambiz. Make sure you're subscribed to CEO-ish wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're an Apple podcast listener, be sure to give the show a five-star review. It really does help us out and we read every single one. We will see you CEOs in the next episode. Bye.